1 Kings 21, verse 1 through 4, New King James tells us this. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near next to my house. And for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house, sullen and displeased, because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. I want to go back to verse 3. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. And then in verse 4 again, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. I want to share with you this morning, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, deal or no deal. You may be seated today. Deal or no deal. I want you to let those words sink deep into your spirit this morning. How many remembers a game show that used to be on TV. They may still be playing it. I don't know, but it was called Deal or No Deal. And I remember watching that game show a few times along the way, and you'd find somebody's winning a lot of money, and you'd be uh, coaxing them all, wanting them to keep going, keep going, keep going. Sometimes it worked in their favor. Sometimes it wouldn't work in their favor. But often the contestants in this game show would turn down, turn down a good offer and leave with less than what they what they could have had. And then other times they would make a deal and leave with far more than they could have ever expected in their life. But here's the reality. It was always a gamble. Think about it. It was always a gamble. Are you going to take what you got now or are you going to make a deal and try to get more? Should they take what they had and go their way, or should they hold out for more? Should they say deal, or should they say no deal? And let me just tell you, any money that they would win would be spent. And any humiliation that they would endure because they lost everything would soon be forgotten. So in reality, no matter what the outcome was, was to happen, it would either be spent or it would be forgotten. Now, I want to just share with you today, in our daily lives that you and I live, we face deal or no deal choices that can affect us for the rest of our lives. 
Every day we face deal or no deal choices that can affect us for all eternity. I want you to let that sink in. The choices that we make every day in friends or in music or reading material, internet browsing, text messaging may seem trivial on the surface and it may not seem like very much uh, to others, but those things can change the very course of your life. Every choice and every decision that we make can alter or change the course of your future. Can I tell you, your spiritual decisions are the most important decisions of all. The decisions you make for Christ, the decisions you make to serve the Lord, the decisions you make to walk in Him are the most important decisions of your life. So I ask you today, have you received Jesus? Think about it. Now, I know probably most people in this church are saved and on your way to heaven. But there may be some in this room who hadn't met him yet. Have you met Jesus? Have you received Jesus? Have you placed his will above everything else in your life? That's an important question. Are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you being a witness for Christ? These things are extremely vital in our life, especially to the child of God. Are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you witnessing for the Lord? Are you doing what He's called you to do? Now let's go back to the text for a moment. We're introduced to, here to a man by the name of Naboth. He is faced with a deal or no deal situation. He has a vineyard the Bible tells us about, and this vineyard had been passed down to him by his fathers. It had been in his family since Israel had been given possession of the promised land, and it had been in his family for generation after generation. And I want you to listen to this. It was more than his inheritance. It was his heritage. Let that sink in. It was more than what he would inherit it was his heritage. But can I also tell you, it was prime real estate. What do you mean, Pastor? Somewhere along the way, the king of Israel built his palace next door to Naboth's vineyard. This was the most elite neighborhood in town. Nobody in Samaria had a better possession than Naboth. Now, don't you think about that one for a minute. Nobody in Samaria had a better plot of land. Nobody in Samaria had a better place. And just so you know this morning, I want you to understand that you and I have a vineyard. I want you to, leave, I want you to let that stick in your mind throughout this message today. You and I have a, men, a vineyard. We have been given a wonderful heritage by those who have gone on before us that has been passed down to us. It is no accident, listen to me, that you are in this house today. I said it's no accident that you are in this house today. This church is prime real estate that has been given to us as an inheritance from generations gone before us. It has been passed down to us. Think about this for a minute. What has been kept precious in the time capsule of life and has been handed down to you and me. Things like the Word of God has been passed down to us. The preaching of the truth of God's Word has been passed down to us. True worship has been passed down to us. Listen to me. The ability to recognize and experience the real presence of God has been passed down to us. 
the example of what a relationship with God can and should be has been passed down to us. These are things that we should cherish. These are things that we should hold fast to. It is easy to see that we've been given precious gifts. We have a great heritage. Now we go back for a moment. Naboth worked his vineyard. He raised the grapes to provide for himself and for his family. But yet as he's preparing his work in the fields, he catches the eyes of the king. As the king is coming by in his chariot, no doubt, he looks out across Naboth's field, and he must have admired the well-tended land and the luxurious vines loaded with grapes. It was evident that Naboth spent his days taking care of what had been given to him. I want you to hang on that statement. He took care of what had been passed down to him. He took care of what was his. And I want to say this to you. We need to take advantage of what we have been given. Amen. 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 We need to take advantage. Don't take it for granted when God moves in a powerful way in this house. I got one amen. I said, don't take it for granted when God moves in a powerful way in this house. What are you saying, Pastor? When God moves, move with him. I'll give the Lord a hand in here. When God moves, move with him. Get in with him. Amen? Learn to worship God and praise him for everything he's given you. When's the last time you thank God for his goodness? When's the last time you thank God that you woke up this morning and you've gone about your day? You had to be a nice home to live in, nice cars to drive, a comfortable bed to sleep in, food on your table, a wonderful family that God's blessed you with. When's the last time you've given God praise for that? So often we take advantage, or, or, we, or we don't take advantage of what God's given, and we take advantage of the grace of God, and we just go on our way. Take what we have been given and make it your best. Take what God has given you, your ability, your talent, your gifts, everything God's given in your life, and make it the best. Naboth knew the vineyard was his to work, but more importantly, I want you to hear this, he knew it was his to protect. He knew it was a gift passed down. He knew he was going to have to work, and he knew it was going to involve labor, but he knew one thing particularly. He was going to have to protect what was given him. I hope you're listening to me this morning. He had a responsibility of making sure that this gift would be passed down from generation to generation to those who are coming along behind him, and he had been charged with protecting it and keeping it so the next generation could live in it. Our generation has been given a wonderful spiritual heritage. We've already made that clear. But let me just say it again. We've been charged with protecting the Word of God. We have been charged with protecting the preaching of the truth of God's Word. We've been charged with protecting true worship. We've been charged with protecting the ability to recognize and experience the real presence of God. Protecting it providing a place, opening up our hearts, opening up our minds, giving way to the presence and the Spirit and the power of God, 
We've been charged with protecting it. And let me just say this to you. God don't need us to protect him, no. But he wants us to protect what he gives us so that we can pass it down to the generations that are coming on behind us. And let me just stop and tell you, if the Spirit of God dies here, what's going to happen to our children? If the fire of God dies here, what's going to happen to our children? If revival stops now, what's going to happen to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and those who come behind us? us I'm going to tell you something church I'm going to get real with you we've got to wake up we've got to stop playing around with God and go that we've got to wake up if we let it die now what happens later Listen to me. My kids know what a move of God is. They've been raised in church all their life, but not just church. They've been raised in the move of God. They know what a move of God is. They know what the power of God is. But what happens if it dies now? My grandchildren will never know. My great-grandchildren will never know. And I refuse to let it die now. I refuse to let it stop here. We've been given an inheritance by God, and we got to pass it on, but we got to keep it alive. There's an example of a relationship with God that can be, can be had. Generations to come need to know that. Let me just stop and tell you, as an adult, it's not too late to step up. I'm just going to speak to somebody in this house. Somebody listen to me online. You've gone to sleep in God. You better wake up. You've drifted away. You better come back. It's not too late to step up. But can I say to every young person in this room, it's not too early to step up either. Oh, God is calling Notice what he said in 2 Timothy 2 and 2, Living Bible, for you must teach others those things you and you and many others have heard me speak about. Teach these great truths to trustworthy men who will in turn pass them on to others. We can't expect what to be to be passed on, what we don't teach. Or what we don't keep alive, or what we don't keep before our children. We can't expect it to be passed on. And I will just say this while I'm here. Don't expect me to do it all. You got to do your part. Mom and daddy, you got to do your part. Grandma and grandpa, you got to do your part. I don't know where that came from. Naboth is approached by King Ahab to buy his vineyard. And listen, who could have refused that kind of offer? The king held a lot of power. He had a lot of clout, a lot of influence. People typically did whatever the king asked them to do. Typically. This offer would have given Naboth the opportunity to have bettered himself. He would have been able to have a better piece of land, or he could have named his price and got whatever he wanted for that piece of property. And I'm just going to tell you, most people would have jumped at that kind of offer. 
Most people would have jumped at that kind of moment. It would have pleased the king. It would have brought profit to Naboth. It would have made sense on the surface. But here's what I want you to get. Naboth saw beneath the surface and saw what was really going on. He knew that Ahab was going to plow down the grapevines. He knew that Ahab was going to destroy everything his fathers had worked so hard to give him. He knew that Ahab was going to want to seize Nabal's heritage. He knew that he wanted to cut off the heritage of God that had been passed down. Somebody hear this preacher today. You're going to receive a lot of offers in your life to sell your vineyard. Now, I'm going to preach to some young people today, and I'm going to preach to some mamas and daddies, but I'm just going to lay it all out to us all and just let it land where God wants it to land. But I'm going to say that again. You're going to receive a lot of offers in your life to sell your vineyard from one who says, if you love me, you would. To those friends who would say, oh, come on, everybody else is doing it. But I want to help you this morning to understand something. I want you to see that everything that looks like an opportunity is really not an opportunity. Everything that looks good is not good. Everything that seems right is not right. Everything that seems real is not real. Are you listening to me today? you got to understand you're going to have a lot of opportunities to sell your vineyard. Let me share some important principles right here. Do not sell out regardless of who does the asking. Young people, listen to this pastor this morning. Hear me very closely. But if you're an adult in this room and it hits home with you, listen to me very, very closely right here. Someone who asks you to do anything that violates your conscience or violates the Word of God is not your friend. Amen. 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 Choose the people who you hang with very carefully. And I'm not just talking about young people here. Some of you adults need to choose the people you hang with very carefully. You run with a knothead, you're going to become a knothead. I don't know where this come from. You run with a gossip, you're going to become a gossip. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. That's not even on here. You can read it after church. What you run with is what you're going to become. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be, New Living Translation, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. That's not my word. That's this word. Bad company corrupts good character. Give the Lord a hand in here. Hallelujah. Don't sell out just to please the crowd. We don't preach like this anymore. We don't to talk about these kind of things anymore. But I'm telling you, God been stirring this in my heart for the last couple of days. He's been burning inside of me. Somebody's got to hear me today. Don't sell out to the crowd. Remember, until you do it, not everybody is. You know what that means? As long as you're not doing it, everybody's not doing it. No matter what they tell you, no matter what they say, as long as you're not doing it, everybody's not involved. 
Sometimes, oh God help me, sometimes it's better to stand alone than it is to stand with a crowd. It's not an easy place. It's a hard place, but it's a worth it place. I say it's not an easy place. It's a hard place, but it's a worth it place. When you stand for God, listen to me, it's... It was the crowd that cried, crucify Jesus on the day that he died. We're going to get real for a minute. It was the crowd that cried, crucify. There was just a few who stayed with him on that day. Listen to me. The crowd is headed to hell. I know this is not popular, but I'm going to give you what God gave me, exactly the way he gave me. The crowd is headed to hell. Prove it, Pastor, okay? Matthew 7, 13 and 4 through 14, Living Bible. Heaven can be entered into only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way. How do you know the crowd's on its way to hell? The Bible just said it. For all the multitudes who choose its easy way. Multitudes is not a small group. It's a big group. Am I right? So let me read it again. Heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. How The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way. But the gate to life is small and the road is narrow and only a few will ever find it. I came by to tell you this morning, and I want to say it again. The crowd may be headed to hell, but you got to refuse to go with them. I said, you got to refuse to go with them. No matter what the opportunities look like on the surface, take some time to look down the road and weigh out the consequences of every decision of your life. Take some time to weigh out the consequences of every decision that you make. The opportunity may look okay, but can I tell you, every decision you make has consequences. I said every decision you make in your life has consequences. Amen. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he sows to the flesh, will reap what will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap for the flesh. You're going to reap corruption. But if you sow of the Spirit, you'll reap everlasting life in the Spirit of God. Somebody hear this preacher. When we make a decision, some are short-term, some are long-term, and some are eternal. But hear me well. Every decision you make has consequences. Every decision you make will have things that can alter and change your life now and for eternity. Amen. Let me just say this. Ask Eve today if she would make a different choice. Ask Eve today, would she still eat of the apple? Ask David today, would he still make a different choice? Ask David, would he have slept with Bathsheba? Ask Judas would he have sold Jesus out? Would he have made a different decision? Would he have made a different choice? Let me give you this verse in Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else 
and live righteously. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Never forget this important fact. The world, the flesh, the devil are all trying to destroy your heritage. I said they are all trying to destroy your heritage. And if they have their way in your life, they'll take everything you've been given and leave you nothing, leave you broken, and leave you empty. Leave you in a place you never wanted to be. Listen, Naboth hears the offer of the king and he refuses. Somebody hear this statement. His refusal reveals a lot about his character and that's a valuable lesson right there. He knew what was given to him by God was more than anything the king could offer. He knew what was his heritage passed down from his fathers was worth more than anything the king could ever offer. Naboth said, the Lord forbid it me. He told Ahab he could not sell him the vineyard because God had forbidden it. And God had, for in Numbers chapter 37, 36, verse 7, the property of every Israelite must remain attached to his tribe. You know what that said? You can't sell it. You know what that says? You can't pass it down to anybody but your family. And in fact, the word of God clearly stated that the king was forbidden to buy God's people's property. Listen, Ezekiel 46, 18, and the prince may never take anyone's property by force. If he gives property to his sons, it must come from his own land. For I do not want any of my people unjustly evicted from their property. What was God saying? No deal. God was saying to Naboth, no deal. Let me remind you, your first allegiance is to God. Can I make that very clear? Your first allegiance is to God. Find out what he says about the matter and walk in his will. Find out what he says and go his way. And I promise you this, you will never go wrong and you will never regret that decision. Amen? The land had been given to Naboth's family for generations. If he sold it, there'd be nothing for his children. Listen to this. So he says, no deal. Let me share with you an alarming fact. Some of the people in my generation, my generation, are selling out. Are you listening to me? We're talking about young people today selling out. We're talking about, talking about people of the hour where we are selling out. Can I just stop and tell you, people of my generation are selling out. What do you mean, Pastor? They're taking the offers that the world is giving them. They're taking the offers of the flesh. They're taking the offers of the devil. And I'm going to just tell you, even in the church, some are changing what they believe. Even in the church, some are watering down their message. They're watering down their declaration. But thank God there are still those who refuse to sell the farm. Thank God there are those who are still saying no deal to the enemy. They're still preaching against sin. They're still telling sinners to repent and trust in Jesus. They're standing on ground for the Lord in an increasingly hostile world. And the reason for it is to pass down to generations coming after me. I want to just stop right here for a moment and say this to you. Let me challenge you to be thankful for the heritage God's given you. 
Be thankful for the heritage God has passed down to you. Be thankful for those who've gone before you. But also, can I tell you, be thankful for those who tend the vineyard now that's going to be passed down as you go along. What are you saying? Be thankful for pastors who will preach the word. Be thankful for youth pastors that will teach the word. Be thankful for children's pastors who will teach the word. Be thankful for connect group leaders that will teach the word. Be thankful for nursery workers that will teach the word of God. Be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. Naboth looks at Ahab and says, I will never sell what I have to you. No deal. Look at verse 3 in verse Kings 21 and 3. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers to you. Naboth was actually saying to Ahab this, You are not worthy to buy any piece of what I've been given. Ahab, you're not worthy of this property. You're not worthy. And I want to just stop and say this. You need to tell the devil, You're not worthy of what I have. You need to tell the devil, you're not worthy of what I have. You're not worthy of what God's given me. And I ain't about to sell it out to you. I ain't about to let you have it. I ain't about to let you plow it under. I ain't about to let you destroy it. Naboth valued what he had, and he knew the king would not. He knew the king would not respect what God had given, and he knew he was not worthy of the possession that God had given him. And I want somebody to hear me very closely this morning. Regardless of who wants what you have, they are not worthy to take it. Look over at your neighbor and say, turn your hearing aid up. No matter what somebody wants to take from you, they're not worthy to take it. Why? It's yours. You're the one who's worthy of it. That's why God gave it to you. Don't sell the farm. No deal. Someone once said, every man has his price. I won't let that sink in just for... About two seconds. Every man or every woman, boy or girl, has the price, they say. That statement implies that everyone comes to the place where they will sell all that they have if the price is right. I've known people in my life that I'm just talking about physical possessions they have. They'll sell you anything if you offer them the right price. But there's some things that cannot be sold. There's some things that cannot be given. There's some things that cannot be traded. I'm going to ask you a point blank question. What is your price? This may not make me too popular among many, but I love you and I'm going to give you God's word. Listen to me. What is your price? How much is your purity worth, young people? What's your price? May get quieter in this before it's over. Some have sold out so cheaply. They've given their purity to a pretty girl or to a boy who said, I love you. But I got news for you. If he loves you, he'll wait. 
I got news for you. If she loves you, she'll wait. Hey, listen to me this morning. Let's go a little further. Don't sell the farm. No deal. Well, let me ask you, how much is your innocence worth? What's your price? Some have given their innocence away to the Internet. Some have given their innocence away to movies. Some have given their innocence away to pornography. Don't sell the farm. No deal. No deal. No deal. How much is your mind worth? What's your price? What are you saying, Pastor? Some have filled their minds with the language and the images of the world. Worldly influences will rule your thoughts, therefore it will rule your life. And I wrote this down just before coming out here, and I feel this with all my heart, and I want to be very careful as I say it, but I love you with everything in me. You can't fill your mind with filth and expect to know the mind of God. You can't fill your mind with the things of the world and expect to know the mind of God. But let me address something else while I'm here. Some have sold their mind to depression. Some have sold their mind to anxiety. Some have sold their mind to fear. Now let me just make it clear. I'm not saying these things are not real because they are very real. I'm not saying they don't happen because I know they happen. Listen, I've walked through depression. I've had moments of anxiety. I've walked through moments of fear. So I'm trying to tell you, I'm not saying it's not real, but what I'm saying is don't give in to it so easily. Don't give in to it so easily. Don't let that depression get upon you and just sit back and take it. But start declaring the Word of God. Start declaring what God says over your mind, over your thoughts. Don't sell the farm. No deal. How much is your testimony worth? What's your price? Some have sold it at Bargain basement prices. Boy, it's quiet in here. It may get quieter before it's over. They've sold it. They've sold their testimony to keep friendships. They've sold it to impress those around them. Some have sold their testimonies because they want to fit in. Some have sold their testimonies because of pleasure. Don't sell the farm. No deal. No deal. No deal. No deal. How much is your life worth? What is your price? Are you listening? Some adults have made bad decisions when they were young that still haunt them to this day. They're still struggling with it. They're still dealing with it. Some young people have made bad decisions that they feel like they can never get right. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want to say this while I'm here. Jesus can make everything in your life right.
I said, Jesus can make everything in your life. Don't sell your life for cheap thrills. Don't sell the farm. No deal. No deal. No deal. I got a final question for you. What is your soul worth? What is your price? Some have traded eternity. Listen. I may be talking to some people in this room, and I know I'm talking to some people online. Some have traded eternity for sex, drugs, alcohol, pleasure, friendships, and what they think is love. Amen. I got this in bold letters, and I want everyone in this room to hear me. The only thing you have of any eternal value is your soul. The only thing you have of any eternal value is your soul. Nothing in this world is worth losing that. Nothing in this world is worth losing that. I'm going to say that again because they say it takes you three times or many times to get it. The only thing you have of any eternal value is your soul, and nothing in this world is worth losing that. Mark 8, 36 and 37, New Living Translation said, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? The King James, New King James Version said like this, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man gain in exchange for his soul? Don't sell the farm. No deal. No deal. No deal. No deal. I want to bring it down to a close. I want everyone in this house to listen to me. Where does this message find you this morning? Where does this message find you today? Have you taken the deal and lost some things? Don't you listen very closely to what I'm fixing to tell you. Have you taken the deal and lost some things? Someone says, Pastor, I've lost my purity. And I'm not proud of it. That's something you can never get back.
But God sent me by to tell you that he'll make you pure again in him. God said he'll give you his purity. He'll give you his. You remember something I said earlier? You may say, I've given my mind to the strongholds of the world. Remember what we talked about? The internet, pornography, strongholds. You may say, Pastor, I've given my mind to the strongholds of the world. Pornography, perversion. God sent me by to tell you. He'll clear your mind and give you your life back again. And He'll give you peace in your mind again. Because when you give yourself to the devices and the things of this world, you will live in constant torment. But when you give your thoughts to God, He gives you clarity of thought. And He'll give you peace in your mind, in your spirit, in your heart. If you're lost today, He'll save you. He'll forgive you. If you walked away from Him, He'll forgive you and restore you right now. Why don't you stand to your feet all across this room? If you've drifted from Him, He'll forgive you. He'll restore you right now. I'm going to ask everybody in this room, please, nobody walking in and out, just for a few moments, please. It's imperative. Have you been thinking about taking the deal? I just spoke to those who have taken it. But let me talk to somebody else. Have you been take, thinking about taking the deal? Have you been thinking about saying yes? Hear the words of Matthew 26 and 41. The ER version, and it said this, Stay awake and pray for strength against temptation. Stay awake and pray for strength against temptation. Your spirit wants to do what's right, but your body is weak. I got to tell somebody, listen to me today, follow your spirit. Your spirit wants to do what's right, but your body is weak. Your flesh is weak. Your flesh is apt to fail. But the spirit side of you that comes from God will keep you strong, will keep you mighty, will keep you bold. 
No deal. I ask you today, what's it going to be? Deal or no deal? Bottom line. What's it going to be? Deal or no deal?